Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam and Ann here sitting with David Niles. We have our best friend Juan in studio with us. No Jim. No Jim today. He's a little ill. Uh, so he's not here today. Don't think about breaking in. He just had a cough. He had a little cough. Man cold. Um, not here today. Tough week for Catholic Man Show. Um, we our website got hacked, so we're a little bit behind on what on posting episodes. We did recover our website though, thank goodness. Can I just tell you, like, this is something. This is how I feel about this. Okay. And I don't say this because of what happened to our website, because really nothing happened to us, and we got lucky. Yeah. Like, that's not where the this anger is coming from. Okay. But I think that people who try to like scam people for a living, like wherever they are, you know, mm-hmm. other because they, they're almost they're almost never in the U.S. because they get caught. But you know, like on whether on Facebook, you know, cloning accounts just to try to con scam people out of whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think there's just special place in hell for these people. You know what I mean? Like well, Dante does put uh, people who who uh, are frauds. Yeah, the lowest that's right. He- yeah, that's hell. right. <laughs> yeah, he does not. And it's like, that's right. <laughs> like one time, one time my grandmother called me in a, like a frantic because she had just got off the phone with somebody who was telling them that I was in prison and that I needed money to make bail. And they put someone on the phone telling her they were me. And like that they said like, oh, I just have a cold. That's why I don't sound this like sound normal. Uh, Grandma, I need you to send me $500 so I can get out of prison, jail. And she called me, and I was like, Grandma, I'm not in jail. I'm driving. <laughs> good right. news, good news, not in jail. Like, but it was like hard for her to, to believe me. I mean, it, t- yeah. Yeah, it took her a minute, and it just made me so... It's like, how dare you? It's like, who do you guys think you are? Like, you've got to be the worst person on the entire planet. You know what I mean? It just make it just drives me crazy. It really, it's one of the things that makes my blood boil, and it it just makes me mad. It really grinds your gears. It does. It does. And like, there's apparently there's a lot of these people out there, and so we need to pray for them. Yes, I want to thank the our patrons. Patreon.com/slash The Catholic Man Show is because of you guys, your support. Uh, we're able to avoid a lot worse off than what we could have been yeah because our website company really saved the day right and we couldn't afford that without support so thank they, you so they much. shut everything down right away before before it got too too before, wild before the evil people were able to like really do anything so so uh hey we're having a little irish whiskey yeah a little tula more do one i've not seen this in before i don't think uh the cider cask finish now we've obviously had i think we've had tula more do stout cask finish yeah uh sherry cask finish i think we've had you know uh, a lot of the finishes mm-hmm. with tula mordu uh tula mordu you know it's triple distilled as is most all irish whiskey yeah most not anymore oh they changed yeah. the rules yeah it used to be all triple yeah i thought it had to be triple distilled yeah, but for not Ireland. anymore i can't remember which one it is but there's one that's not triple distilled. and they're allowed to say irish whiskey that's my understanding because when we were in ireland they said yeah and i like six months ago. Gosh, has it only been six months? Yeah. 
they were, you know, yeah. that's the way it was. Triple right. distilled. Um, but okay. there's there's some there's All a new right. one out there. Uh, it, Just go ahead and throw the tradition out the out window, window, guys. Yep. Who cares? Uh, so let's let's try. I'm assuming it's gonna be very apple heavy, but we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. I always think that uh, Irish whiskey is is the great way to start your Irish game. Uh, it's not too sweet. Your whiskey game. Yeah, that's an Irish game. Yeah. Sorry, whiskey game. Yeah, it's it's very approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't really because even like. Triple I don't even like saying that word when you're talking about whiskey. It's like, oh, it's so approachable. It's like, it's like, yeah. What is that? It's sort of like saying it's smooth, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just, it's just there's. Not a lot of a lot of Irish whiskey doesn't have a lot of complexity to it, um, but it's got some good flavor still. Mm-hmm. The kind of thing that everybody's gonna like. It's not bad, not great, not bad. Uh, you know, thirty-five dollar bottle, I believe, forty dollar bottle, something like that. There's not a lot on the nose, and so it doesn't surprise me that there's not a whole lot on the palate either. You you can taste the apple at the end. You can. At least I can. Uh, yeah, no, I can too. Yeah, not great, not bad. Thirty-five dollars. It's about what you'd you would expect, I think. Now, what last week we now had I liked and I liked to the more do copper dog copper dog way better. Yes, thirty-one dollars. Thirty-one dollars. I still need to go get me some of that copper dog. Yeah, that was good. That was a good whiskey. Yeah, uh, last week. Uh, let's see. What, what did we talk about last week? What was our episode on last week? Uh, romantic. Yeah. guarding your children against from, romanticism. From yes. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go check that out. Uh, big news as well. Would you like to tell them about Select International Tours? Oh, we are, it's official. We are going to the Holy Land mm-hmm. in about a year. From like right now. From or, right now. A little less than a year now. Yeah, but about a year. So mm-hmm. we are going to the Holy Land. We're actually doing a triple, it's a trifecta. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we went to Ireland this last year. We had a great time. It was just a fantastic trip. Yep. Um, and this is the way uh, that these pilgrimages go, is that the people that you meet, it, it's the, like you always kind of have a special bond mm-hmm. with these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially for us, you know, oh, we, I had never been to Ireland, you know, it was kind of, and both of us, it was really our first kind of pilgrimage together. So mm-hmm. um, the group the group that we went to Ireland with, I, I will always have, you know, fond like yes, like a bond, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to the Holy Land mm-hmm. in a year from now. The the triple uh, pilgrimage that we're doing: Holy Land, then Rome, and then Poland. I'm really excited. Uh, Holy Land, Rome, obviously for obvious reasons. Poland, we will be in Poland on Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you want to talk about the place to be on Divine Mercy Sunday. So it's, it's in o- over three year time period, right? Yeah, so, three years in a yeah so one ne- year. Next week, next year we're going to Holy Land. The year after that, we're going to go to Rome. Then the year after that, we're going to uh, uh, Poland. Three and separate if, trips, but you can sign up for them. If you sign up for all three, you get a big discount uh, and some extra perks uh, that Select International Tours is putting together, right? To go for us. So uh, if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Catholic Man Show, you can find out more. Or just Google. Uh, yeah, and we're, we'll do a whole a whole podcast. We'll put out a whole podcast once we get yeah. once we finalize the details for um, the Holy Land, which is actually we're very close. Um, we've actually mm-hmm. got the details. We just need to like decide. You know, this is the fine where you know rubber stamp it, so to speak. Right. Um, so I'm excited. This is gonna be fun. Oh man, me too. I think my parents are gonna go. Are they? I think I'm pretty positive they're gonna go. And you're bringing your wife? I'm, uh, possibly. I'm, I'm bringing. Well, I'm bringing Lady Haley. Or. <laughs> Lady Pamela. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing your wife. <laughs> uh, that'll it's going to be weird. Awesome. It's uh, going to be weird. Well, now that my parents are going, uh-huh. uh, that kind of throws throws a little uh, kink into who's watching you, the you kids. Know what I think, you know what I think is if it comes down to it, you need to tell your parents to stay home <laughs> and you take your <laughs> wife with you to Holy Land. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure how, how it's all going to play out yet. but Yeah. but oh, You'll figure it out. We'll You'll figure it out. out. So I'm excited about that, dude. Me too. I am so excited about it. Never been there before. Uh, we I, yeah, I've been to Rome, but you know, obviously the Holy Land. I mean, that's that's the if you have one trip to take in your entire life, it's, well, so people say it's the Holy Land. Well, so it's like so. you know where it started, where it was established, 
Yeah. And then like where it's thriving. Those are, those are the three places we're going. You know, where it started, the Holy Land, where it's established, Rome, right. and then uh, where it's thriving right now in Poland. Right. Boom, boom, boom. It's going to be awesome. Dude, I can't wait. So, um, yeah, check that out. You can go to thecatholicmancho.com. There's a link uh, on thecatholicmancho.com to, to find out more. If you can uh, just uh, sign up to get updates on it. If you, you don't have to commit to it right now, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what else? What else is going on? I feel like that... Well, we're getting ready to do some traveling uh, in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Your annual two-month N- vacation. No. Oh. No, we're going to Michigan. Oh, you and I. Yeah, you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We've got the Alcuin. And so we've got a lot of guests we're going to be recording with very soon. Yes. Some, some like... Some heavy hitters. Some, yeah, some big... That's what I was going to say. Heavy hitters. Some big... Big names. Big guys. I'm yeah. really excited to... Both in stature and name. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but... Um, <laughs> can't wait to talk to the fat one <laughs> but uh but yeah so yeah so we're going to we're going to michigan uh, grand rapids michigan um in, in like a couple weeks right three weeks i think three weeks and then the alquin institute is uh, which is the institute for developing catholic culture here in the diocese is hosting a faith and culture conference uh with gladden pappen uh patrick denine and chad pecknold as the keynotes but they're also bringing in basically everybody who, who submitted its abstracts uh, for breakout sessions. So there's like 20 people that are coming in on top of those three. Uh, Pat Flynn, Jim Madden, uh, a Dominican priest, a handful of guys. So we're going to be just recording with all these guys. That's yeah, going to be awesome. So that'll be great. Uh, and then we have uh, Dr. Tim O'Malley. I was uh, confirmed this week in July. Hopefully you'll be here. You may not be I here. We'll be here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, that'll be really exciting as well. Hey guys, if you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, you know that I hate emails. The one exception is The Loop. I've been a subscriber now for about two years, and I have just loved it. What I love about it is that not only am I getting the news that's relevant to me as a Catholic man, things that involve the pro-life movement in America, court cases that might be significant or impact the Catholic Church, but also there's a summary under each headline, which makes it really easy for me to decide, is this an article I want to read or not? So go and subscribe to The Loop. I think that you're going to love it. Stay manly. Thanks for listening to our show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Nile. Uh-oh. David's mic just went out. There we go. He's back. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. we got one on the buttons. Accidentally pulled my microphone cable out. Just got excited. Yeah, I, it's like it's supposed to be locked in there. Yeah, it wasn't. Anyway, uh, so you know we got a lot of things coming up, but we were just mm-hmm. talking about that. Very a lot of very exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. So make sure to sign up for it if you're in town. Definitely sign up for the conference right away because uh, yeah, it's almost uh, it's almost closing yes. reservations. I am, I registered this afternoon. So oh nice. After I sent that email out, I'm in there. Uh, yes. Nice. I think that was... The prompting? That was the thing. Well, it's like, I was going to do it, but then when I saw I the sent, email... sent to you, it was two, one. It was like, oh, good, here's a link. Yes. I don't have to find it. So. Good, good, good. So tonight, uh, I wanted to talk about a topic uh, and really kind of just flesh out this idea because I'm writing... Because I'm supposed to be writing an article on it. Uh, you know, and for me, I really have to... Actually, most of the articles that I've ever written, mm-hmm. I, I come to you and want to be like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And just like talk to you about it for a while. And then it yeah. it, it kind of stirs up and like I can kind of chew on it for a little bit and then, then I can write the article. Uh-huh. But I'm supposed to be writing an article on this topic for Mother Day, Mother's Day is coming up. And so this idea of of honor, we call this this episode, you know. Before we get started on this. Okay. Today is the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Oh, yes. I was, I'm so glad you did. You brought this up. So I want to give you a shout-out, because I, Davey and I, we went to Lowe's today. Yes! Which is really great. It has begun, huh? Yeah. Yes. So we, we got, we picked him so out. So for uh, those who don't know, why don't you... Well, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you got the idea from somewhere, or you had this idea of your own, of your own brain, uh, but it's a great idea, no matter where it came from. So even if it was Adam's idea, don't hold that against him. That, that would be That would be the genetic fallacy, and so you shouldn't... Do that. Don't do that because right. that would make you fallacious. Right. Um, so the uh, the idea is on the Saint the feast of Saint Joseph the Worker mm-hmm. that um, you go and get a tool 
for each one of your sons, right? Because Joseph is you know carpenter or mason or whatever, whatever he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked with tools, okay, mm-hmm. and he's a tool guy. And so, um, as they get older, each each year they get a new tool, and it's a good tool. You know, you're not you're not going to like Harbor Freight, the dollar bin, right? Exactly. I mean, they got some good stuff at Harbor Freight, but I'm not knock. I'm not trying to knock them. They're not a sponsor. No. <laughs> Even if they were, I would still be honest about, <laughs> about what it is. But, you know, and then that way as they get older and when they, when they leave the house, they leave with, you know, uh, you know, a good set of tools. That they know how to use. That they know how to use, right. Exactly. So uh, today he and I, we went and got the toolbox. Nice. Um, because it's like, you know, I don't know when you get the toolbox. I think it's like, let's do it around. He's two. He'll be, he's almost three, you know. Mm-hmm. I felt like this is the time. He's not going to remember it otherwise. Um and, so, and I was trying to decide what should be the first tool. I almost went with like a tape measure, but he's not, he's that. not old enough. Right. To, so we, we, I was trying to think like, well, what is something he could actually do? Mm-hmm. So I got him a screwdriver because like nice. he can, yeah. and it's got, you know, the bit, like different bits. I haven't told him that there are different bits in the, in the, like the butt of this screwdriver. Right. Don't do that yet. He'll look for them and then lose them. And right. I am super anal about the like because i have a set like this that i've had for 10 years and i have never lost a single one of these bits right and and it's it's great because now i can carry just this like little this one screwdriver tool around with me and no matter where i go it's like oh i've got that i mean almost always right on the little thing that came with it it's like okay there it is i've got you know and i'm always it's always good to go but i'm always super anal about like putting it back in the right spot, you know, when you're done with it. And so, because I'm that way with mine, I know if I were to find, you know, like, oh, he's taking these out and I'm, you know, there's one in the carpet, it would bother me. So, he doesn't know they're there. That's okay. Sure. Uh, but anyway, on the way to Lowe's, you know, we, talk, we were talking about St. Joseph and right. how he was a carpenter. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that most of the time, if we liturgical living is, is being able to just incorporate everyday life. Yeah. it's the merging of Catholicism in everyday life mm-hmm. right so if you can go out talk about tools and then naturally bring, be able to bring up you know a saint that is, had these tools used these tools yeah it's a natural progression of learning about the faith while yeah. learning natural virtues and it's just great for your sons no matter what age because I mean but especially I think at this age not that I mean he's two it's not it's not like he knows how to use a screwdriver but he now has like one more thing in common with me, right? right. You know, um, it's like another reason to look up to dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when th- we mentioned, I think we mentioned this last weekend about how every every child has the right to view their dad as a hero, right? Um, and that and, and that should be that way. You know, mm-hmm. dad mm-hmm. should be a hero, mm-hmm. especially if it's like a two year old and a three year old, like because. It's like they they can't pick up if something weighs like two pounds they'll be they're like struggling to carry it and I can like throw it a hundred yards you know it's like to them they would look at you doing that it's like that's he's the Hulk like right. the, you know the way the Hulk can like launch a tank across the field Dad it's like basically the same okay um, so it's it's just really great that you know now it's like oh I'm I'm like Dad mm-hmm. you know I have my own tools and you know so. As a dad, it's very satisfying. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. being able to spend that time with your with your sons is yeah is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I know that we have female listeners to the Catholic Man Show. If you're listening on Catholic Radio or or podcasts, we have female listeners. This is the episode that if you've not decided to tell your husband about the Catholic Man Show and you're still <laughs> listening to the Catholic Man Show, this is the episode that this is you, the one you send to him. That you send to him. Yes, because tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about, we, we titled this uh, episode, Honoring the Heart of the Home. And if you're a wife, that's you. That's you, right. Congratulations. So, honoring the wife. Honoring uh, your wife. And, you know, with Mother Day, Mother's Day coming up, I think that it, it's just a good topic to, to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when we get married, one of the vows that we take to God and the church... And to your wife. And to your wife. 
in front of I'm sorry to your wife in front of God yeah, you, and the you, church. You, yeah, you take you take the vow speak to, the your vow wife, to your wife. Yeah, uh, in front of God and His church, uh, that you would uh, love and honor her all the days of of her life, of your life, of your life. Yeah, because even if she dies, you still, you still have to love and honor her. Right. Yeah. So what is love? I mean, I think we we know, understand what love means, right? Especially we've, we've gone over this. Uh, on the Catholic Mansion, many of times, like the love is not necessarily just a feeling, because mm-hmm. feelings come and go. But love is, you know, willing to go to the other, um, so that ultimately they would have full beatitude. You will their ultimate good, right? right yeah, uh, with with God in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. But honor is a little different. Uh, honor seems to be a little bit, um, a little bit more foreign to us uh, in America, yeah. um, especially in, in in this day and age, uh, as honor has. Dwindled in in different offices throughout the world, right? Um, and so I wanted to talk about like, well, what does it mean to honor your wife? Uh, what does that really entail? How do you practically do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things I think we should start out with is so marriage. Um, marriage. Marriage. The reason why we're here yeah. is what brings us together, together. today. Um, we just I just watched that the other day. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Like, when we were finished with Exodus, Pamela had been wanting to watch it. It's, it's her favorite movie. Hmm. So, it's the first movie we watched after Exodus. Nice. It really is. It's a great movie. Uh, but there's So, there's this commentary on Casti Canubi, which is an encyclical written by Pope Pius the Eleventh, uh, I believe. Or also, 12th? I think the of all of the encyclicals, it has the funnest name. Casti Canubi. Casti Canubi. I mean, it's right. like, that's just a sweet Christian, name. Christian marriage. Um it talks about, there's a commentary uh, on the encyclical, and it talks about how um, the choice of love is an action. Um, when you act uh, and do good deeds, you're receptive to grace, consider, you know, assuming that you're in this state of grace. Mm-hmm. By receiving more grace, you are then uh, united more with Christ and desire not only your own good, but others' goods. Yeah. Meaning you, you do more good deeds because you desire His will, which ends up giving you more grace when you accomplish those deeds. And the, uh, the commentary was basically saying how beautiful it is that when you live the sacramental life in marriage, it is this saint-making uh, sacrament of of like a Trinitarian form of, of loving one another, receiving that love, receiving grace from that, uh, the action mm-hmm. to be, to give it back to yeah. the next person. It's a cycle. It's just a cycle. Um, and so I thought, I was thinking like, well, I think the, the best way to start out by honoring your wife is by not giving her your crosses. Totally. So one of the things that happens whenever you get married, there's, mm-hmm. there's two things that happen uh, almost immediately, you realize. One, everybody has, we have new responsibilities. Right, uh, there's there's different responsibility. Like you're you're gonna be doing something. I'm gonna be doing something. We're one together, but there's different responsibilities to make this thing go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't all be doing the same thing at the same time. It's not you know, it's not conducive to a, to a flourishing home. Uh, and so if what if we're doing separate things, that means that you know Haley has certain things that she has to do uh, to help the home. I have certain things that I have to do. If I don't do those things. Then somebody else has to pick up that slack, right? And it's going to be her, and it's going to be her. And so now, what she's now what's happening is the things that I am uh, in charge of doing that's helping uh, this idea of sacrificial love, this self denial. I'm willing to, I'm denying myself what I want to do for the sake of the other, for the sake of this domestic church that we have started. I've now denied myself that, denying, uh, adding it to hers, and if denying you do, if this. You don't, if you don't do that the right way, now it's a problem for her. It's the opposite. The opposite happens. Which it makes is, it worse. Which breaks the circle right. of good deeds and, and meritorious grace. That's a problem. If you've ever done Exodus 90 before, you know how Easter can easily go from feasting to binging in no time. 
even if you've had a really great Lent, regardless of if you did Exodus 90 or not, there's a temptation to slide back into these old ways, these old habits, and even maybe worse, uh, becoming less disciplined than when you were when you started Lent. This year, the team of Exodus 90 has built out a 50-day journey through East, through the Easter season. Yes, Easter is 50 days long, not just one Sunday in April. And during these 50 days, it's an invitation into understanding true Christian feasting. The fact of the matter is, we need structure, even in feasting. So they've put together a plan of life to help keep some guardrails from temptations of going too far and binging for over the next couple months. You can join them now by going to startmyexodus.com and jump into today's readings and reflections on the Acts of the Apostles. Go to startmyexodus.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Drinking a little bit of this Tula More Dew Cider Cast Finish. Talking about honoring the heart of the home, honoring the wife. Things, so we're starting off with things not to do. In or, order to things, honor, is it? Yeah, or things that you should be doing. I think um, a common mistake people make in the beginning of marriage is, uh, you know, they don't have their perceptions and mm-hmm. expectations are not ordered properly, mm. which um, is understandable because they've never been married before, right? So, mm-hmm. But I, I think that what a lot of people do is that they mistake their spouse for God, okay? So they look to their spouse as their source of fulfillment and happiness instead of realizing that your spouse is actually not here to make you happy mm-hmm. and and is actually incapable of giving you happiness like, because only true, God only God can give you the fulfillment and happiness that you're looking for in life, right? right? And so... Um, you just don't make the mistake of hanging your hat on a hook that can't bear the weight because okay. your spouse is not. And so that's you're doing your a dishonor. You know, um, you're not honoring her when you when you do that, because you're what you're doing kind of like what you were saying is you're putting a, a huge burden on her. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I think this is part of why you see. I think that this adds to the divorce rate a lot when people get married expecting I'm coming in this, she's going to make me happy. You know, and we, the, the culture kind of promotes this idea of, oh, my soulmate, you know, as if like this person is, is my other half, you know, and now that I have my other half, I'll be complete. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that's all just bunk. Mm-hmm. She's not your other half. She's another, she's a, a person just, and, and now you're going to be, now you're married, you're going to be doing this thing together for the rest of your life and it's going to be great. Um, but God is the, is, and always will be the source of fulfillment, not your spouse, right? And so if you look to them and you go into it with this expectation that they're the one who's going to bring you all this happiness, well, it's not going to work, you know? No, I, I totally agree. Uh, and we can actually, that we can skip down to, to that bullet sorry, point. Was I, um, but, is that on here? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I, think it, I think it's an important thing because anybody who's been married for a considerable amount of time will know this very thing that you're, uh, spouse will not will let you down. Uh-huh. That uh, they're not gonna they're gonna fall short of expectation. Right. And so there's gonna be uh, wounds in the marriage. Uh, either expectations weren't fulfilled. Uh, they were unrealistic. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, there's a beauty in when when two come together as one, and the virtue of one propels the other one to a higher good. Right. right, you can see that. Oh, uh, her virtue makes this man a better man, and he strives for for higher, better things. And by Saint Paul so. talks about that. Right. Uh, however, after you know, when you've been married for a considerable amount of time, you see that the the rearing head of the of ugly vices that are also attached to this person mm-hmm. makes their appearance. Right. Uh, and so, you know, when you marry the person, you marry. You marry the full person. Yeah. So virtues and vices. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those vices cut deep into the marriage. And uh, when that happens... Well, they will. I mean... Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, not, not sometimes. I mean, if you have, if you have vices, uh, they're going to cause problems. And 
that's one of the things that is, it's a lifelong mission that we all have is self-mastery, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the conquering by God's grace of those vices. Mm-hmm. And your your spouse is going to really, she he or she is the one who can help you with that the most because they're the ones who are going to have to deal with them the most, right? So they're kind of the the backdrop, you know, like if it's dark outside, you can't see dark figures in front of you. But then all of a sudden, if there's a white sheet that's put up, all of a sudden you can kind of see those dark figures with this white sheet behind them. Uh, in many ways, that's the way your spouse is, you know, because these vices you have in your life, without that, without somebody else to have to deal with them, they don't. Um, you you don't often notice how mm-hmm. big of a problem they really are. Mm-hmm. So then you get married and all, and you all realize, a spot, a sp- oh, this is a this is a big problem. Spotlights are, you know, shown on, on vices. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when that happens, men are very uh, willing to uh, not engage in the in the tough conversations. And I think this is what turns men into uh, workaholics. I think this can turn men into alcoholics, uh, mm-hmm. affairs, like whatever else. Because if there's turbulence in the home... The man will separate that and like invest his time and energy into something else, whether it be work, drink, women, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this is a huge problem, and it's because the man is not willing to sit down and confront the disappointments or weaknesses uh, in in the marriage and say, you know, we've talked about this before on the show that when you build up th- this domestic church, when you when two become one and you build a domestic church together. Uh, and you're living in this uh, triune uh, church, this uh, you know, the, with, uh, with 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 the Lord. Language is very important, and the language of the domestic church sometimes involves the "I'm sorry's," mm-hmm. the "Will you forgive me?" Uh, the yeah. uh, "Here I plan," like "I'm so sorry I hurt you." Here's what I'm planning on doing. To, to get better. Yeah. And and, and and just having open lines of communication. Right. I mean, if you can't, if you and your spouse can't communicate about things, then you need to work on that. I mean, that's something that right. may, maybe, maybe you need uh, someone to help you with that. And that's, that's just fine. Um, so this is what I was going to bring up, right? So instead of investing the time like into work and going extra over, over and above in this other aspect, which is very, I've seen men do that with work. I've seen men do that even in the church. You know, they go and instead of going home and dealing with the problems at home, they're going to go to the church mm-hmm. and, and be a part of the men's club and all the other things that the church can offer yeah. in avoidance of the, the arduous things that have to happen at home. And uh, if men are not willing to fight for their marriage, the marriage is going to, to, to crumble. Yeah. If you're not willing to fight yourself. Right. Because that's what it comes down to is um, it's a battle that you have to fight with yourself against yourself. Right. And so there's no weakness. Uh, it, it's a, it great, takes a great source of humility in a man, uh, virtue, right? To say, we need help from outside. Uh, prof- we need professional help. Mm-hmm. because, And it means enough to me that I want to do this so that way we can, we can move forward in our lives. Yeah. Because uh, if you're not willing to fight for your marriage, no one will be. And so uh, there's nothing, there's no shame in, in asking for help. There's no shame in, in um, you know, seeking marriage counseling. That, there, is, that, there, that is a... There could be a lot of shame in not asking for help. Right. You know, it, someday at your judgment, you're going to be looking back at a marriage that, you know, you, maybe you struggled for a long, 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 long time only because you just wouldn't ask somebody for help. You know, like the Lord is sitting here waiting. You were too prideful For you to, to be ask. open you know, and like get, right. get just some basic help. Uh, now, here's this. This is a good uh, kind of bleed into the next thing uh, that you should not do, which is I don't think that it's good if you are having like serious marriage problems to be going and seeking uh, like advice from friends uh, in a way no. that you are now portraying your wife in bat in a bad light. Yeah, there's yeah, this. I totally agree. There's this mask of in your mind that you can think of like I'm just trying to get help, but what ends up happening is the man is really just airing out his dirty laundry about his wife and looking to, for someone to agree with him and right. say, "Oh yeah, it's her, it's her, it's her." Right. Like, oh man, I can't believe she's doing that. Like, and and that like 
that speaking ill of your wife in public goes directly against or just with other people i mean if it's not if it's not even in public well, I just, that's also also don't talk to your mom about it you know but that goes directly against on like i want to go back to that real quick because i think it's very important to, to make sure we understand that like when, when we make the vow to her to honor her yeah there's no honor in speaking ill about her to other people right yeah so, so that's that's exactly the thing is that it's not that okay you might have a close friend who knows both of you very well who like could give you some good advice okay that might be okay um it depends on that friend and it depends on how how well they do know how, you know are you both friends with them right like or is are it you gonna just, put, are you gonna put them in a bad in a tough situation as well yeah that's true and so i think that you and your spouse need to decide you know hey you know is this is this a person that you and I could both talk to? You know, I mean, if they're open to it, probably you should just look for a really good a good Catholic counselor somewhere. Go ask your priest for a good Catholic counselor. Maybe yeah. your, maybe your priest is. Uh, I think there's a website CatholicCounselors.com. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I think. Um, but I, I think also when when we get into men's groups and things like that, there's a tendency of of ragging on your wife yeah. uh, in the group, like, oh, well, my wife just doesn't do X, Y, or Z, and then there's a piling on and. Um, not only should you not be doing that like actively, but you should not passively be doing that. Meaning you should not allow your other friends to talk bad about their wives in the group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Pamela and I, when we were married, obviously, you know, we took our vows to honor it and uphold each other, but we also like made it specific. And in addition to that, we just agreed between ourselves. We would never say anything bad about each other to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, just because that's, not what I want to do. I mean, I, 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 she's my well, wife. You choose to love her. Right. You choose to love her every single day. Right. This goes back to what is truly love, but you choose to love her, to will the good of her, so that she she and you can be in, in heaven for all of eternity. Right. And it's actually not hard to do, to not say, not talk bad about her. Now, you might develop bad habits, you know, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden you... you you, you might find that it is a struggle if you have bad habits. but We've talked about backbiting before in a previous episode. Knowingly backbiting on purpose is a mortal sin. can be. I said knowingly. Why did I say that? It's nuanced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but friends don't let friends sin. That's true. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really you know oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because you know they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about honoring your wife. Actually, so far we're talking about not dishonoring your wife. Mm -hmm. um, are we going to get to actually yeah. the positive? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so before the break, though, we were talking about like not talking poorly about your wife uh -huh. um, or painting her in a, in a bad manner uh, to other people, right? Um, there's no honor in that. She, you know, if you're not going to honor your wife, who is going to honor your wife? Right. Um, and so, uh, that's, uh, that's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also think that as time goes in marriage, 
if you don't intentionally make effort to do this, you kind of don't, you kind of don't know your wife. You kind of lose sight of what made you fall in love with this woman, mm-hmm. because you get uh, wrapped up in the uh, monotony of the ordinary life, of ordinary days, of uh, getting up, going to work, coming home, eating, feeding the children, getting them down, extracurricular activities, getting them down to sleep, getting up, you know, and doing this whole cyclical thing over and over and over again. And you don't make time for your wife. Uh, and remember, what is it about her that made me fall in love with her? Mm-hmm. And if you can't remember those kind of things, like, I'm not sure, like, like if you if you, if you can't remember those things, like what made you? I think you just, you just well you just start drifting apart. Well, she becomes harder to love because you, you can't know like you can't love those you can't things love that you what know. you don't know. Right? I'm a big big proponent of the five love languages. I know we've talked about that before on the show, um, but in the words of Dr. Gary Chapman, so he he talks about you know different people experience love, they feel love from different things, whether it's gifts. Uh, words, words of affirmation, physical touch, you know, mm-hmm. so on. If you can give, have a, if you can fill up what Dr. Gary Chapman calls your wife's love tank, he says, you'll never want another woman. You will have another woman. You know, if you can get a, if you can fill up her love tank, she's going to be another woman. She's going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, there was a, uh, a story once told that back in the med- medieval times, there's a dowry, you know, that for for the women, you know, when you're going to marry the person, right? And on average, the dowry was uh, three 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 coins, five coins, or uh, eight coins if the if the wife was just perfect, mm-hmm. right? Wow, all right. Eight, eight coins was was considered the cream of the crop. Beautiful woman has all the, you know. Uh, the tangible. I, I don't know the value of these coins. Eight doesn't seem like a very big number, but you know, right? Well, so it must have uh, been real nice coins. So, so, so the uh, the guy who is getting married uh, picks picks out his wife, and she's not considered a, a very good looking wife. Okay, not not great on the like uh, pleasing to the eye. Yeah, doesn't really know a whole lot about how to make a home. Um, just didn't have all the all the tangibles that that, that or the intangibles yeah. that that uh, people look for in a wife. He paid 20 coins. Okay. And his buddy was like, what What? what are you doing? What are you doing? His fr- friend moves moves away, and so the friend, uh, so he goes and tries to find him, because he was like, why would you pay 20 coins for this woman? Yeah. Comes back, finds the woman, finds finds both of them, and she's become this beautiful woman, uh, and they have just this loving relationship, and he goes, uh, well, why, why did you pay 20 coins for this woman? No one ever pays 20 coins yeah. for, for, the, for this woman. And he said, uh, I would never want my wife to think that I wouldn't give everything I could for her. Mm-hmm. He could have done the same thing for a better looking woman, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> what if you fell, fell, fell in love? Right, yeah. Okay, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I thought the dowry, though, came from the dad. I thought it was like the dad. This is just the. Whatever, like, whatever yeah. the culture and whatever. Right. Yeah, Eastern cultures they do. They uh, provide the the husband provides the money to the wife, right? Uh, in the event he dies, and that way she can you know live, survive. Yeah, like in Eastern cultures, it's like you know, a, a man might go up to a, the father and anyway. say, "How many camels? How right. many camels would you for your daughter?" Right. How many camels do you have? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, I don't know why I told that story, but I, I, I think I think the purpose is, is like you should always intentionally. Yeah, uh, make your wife the queen. So, uh, like when it comes Hold to on, buying, one, one, one okay. wanted to say something. Oh. I just want to say a quick story. My cousin actually got offered a uh, like ninety-five camels for her in the Middle East once. Really? Wow, yeah. ninety-five camels. I don't know what the Dude, what is the exchange what is rate? the going rate? Don't know. She just ran away. That's a good 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 rule of thumb. Yeah. It's um, like, what the heck am I going to do with 95 camels? Get out of here with your camels. That's how I feel about it. Like, do I look like I, d- when you look at me, do I look like a person who wants a camel? Because I don't. I don't want a single camel, much less 95. You think I have like a truck full of hay? I don't know what camels eat. <laughs> but I don't have that. 
Okay. Whatever and, that is. And 95 camels. It's a lot. That's it's look. You can't pass off your camels on me. All right. You got to feed those camels. That's how I feel about it. So here's something that I'm not very good at. Okay. Uh, I'm a like I try to be a structured man. Get up at certain times. We we had the uh, episode about defense of the intellectual life and being disciplined in, in, in doing things right. Disciplined. Disciplined. Thank you. Uh, and I also on my phone make alarms so that I don't do not forget to pray. Sure. One thing that I'm not good at is guarding time for my wife to pray. Guarding her time. Like so I I'm so busy in getting up, making sure I can work out, making sure I can uh you know have my prayer time, making sure that I can can read, getting off to work, coming back, taking care of the kids. Like I don't ever ask nor do I uh, make sure that I'm giving her the opportunity for prayer. Mm, yeah. So my wife, who uh, and I know all like, homes are all different, you know, mm-hmm. and, and look all different. But in our home, you know, at least uh, we homeschool, and so my wife immediately gets up and basically, you know, it, school's starting. Now, she uh, ha- prayer is uh, heavily intertwined in school. But just as we've talked but still, about, still that's you know that's not the. But just as we've talked about before, the, the benefit, one of the beauty time, of yeah. yeah, the beauty of of excess ninety is providing that time right. of contemplative prayer. Sure. Um, do I give her and guard her time for her to have prayer? Mm-hmm. Do and does that mean that I need to go uh, take the kids away for a little bit in the morning? Maybe. Does that mean uh, that? You know, I make sure once I get home to give her time, like whatever, like whenever her her prayer time is. Do do I take her? Do I respect her time enough for prayer to yeah. make sure that she can she can accomplish that? So uh, Pamela and I we pray in the morning t- together. I mean, not together. We both. I, I encouraged her, oh, a couple years ago to pick this. You know that ha- the habit that I had come to you know, really fall in love with due to Exodus ninety. Um, it's like Pamela. I really think you know this is just changing my life. I really, I really think you should do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's difficult for her. And the same with Lady Haley. You know, when you have when you're when you're nursing a baby who needs to wake up in the night, um, the idea, like the ability to get up early in the morning right. to pray, like I can, like you can, it's not the same. Correct. So um, the one the way that I kind of defend guard that prayer time with her is helping make sure we go to bed on time because then now she because if we don't then yeah definitely not going to be able to get up in Mm -hmm. before the kids do to pray Mm -hmm. um and so sometimes sometimes maybe she her prayer time is only 15 minutes you know total i mean i'm not talking about 15 minutes of silent prayer i mean total um but you know she's nursing and right and the kids get up right now. She has got all these other other jobs. It's not like she's slacking off no, because the baby woke up in the night, right? So the the great thing about your vocation is that the Lord, uh, the Lord fills. He like makes up the difference with mm-hmm. with His own grace, right? And that mm-hmm. you actually don't need to do any more than that. Um, right. and, and the saints, the, the right, the saints have talked about this when your vocation calls demands something of you that interferes with even your prayer life. Then that's the way it is, and it, you don't sacrifice your vocation. Right. Um, you know, your kids need a need a dad. You're, right. it, like, yeah, and my, you know, my my mom and dad who are retired, uh, you know, their prayer life now looks much different. Oh yeah. Than what it did whenever we were being raised. And what the what what would be required of them? Right. For, you know, the for a prayer life would be different than you know like a mom. Um, so anyway, that's just what we do. Um, and it, you know what? It's been really great um, when we think, can both pray together in the morning. Now, now she got to get up before the kids do. I mean, that is something mm-hmm. that has to happen. Mm-hmm. I think though that that is uh, the importance of having this open communication. Like, listen, if you're the spiritual leader of your family and you're not having uh, communications with your wife on how is her prayer life going and how can you assist in making sure that she has a prayer life in some capacity. What kind of spiritual leader are you? I mean, it's yeah. like a priest coming into his parish and never asking anybody how their prayer life is going. Never talking about prayer. Mm-hmm. Never making time for prayer. Just doing admin work to the nth degree. 
I mean, that's just not that's not a good that's not a good priest. That's not a good father. Right. You know, that's not a good husband. That's not fulfilling your vocation. And so I think that as men, I think it's important, especially as as husbands, to make sure that we have those uh, those conversations and talk about, you know, when is it that you feel like you should be praying? Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Uh, you know, obviously, I'm hoping you hope that you guys are praying together every night, every day. Um, but that's that's something that I think that is incredibly important uh, as spiritual leaders of our family that I think can go unlooked. Yeah, you got to lead the way. So right. you know, like, don't expect your don't. I mean, yeah, your wife should pray whether you do or not. But don't like go to her and expect her to pray if you're not doing it. Also, right. Yeah. Um, so we're out of time on Catholic Radio. Go check us out at thecatholicmanshow.com. You can check out over 350 episodes that we've done over the course of seven years. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So we don't have that. You know, maybe we don't have to get there right now because I think we have some other things still in the pipeline here. But before we close, I want to ask you about how do you honor a wife who's not worthy of honor? So think about that. Like, okay. what if what if you have a wife who just isn't? Hypothetically speaking, I'm not saying that any that they that it actually exists. Sure, because I, I don't think so. Not in my house, it doesn't exist. I can't imagine. it. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. I yeah. just want to get there because I think it's a good question. Sure. Um, I also think though that you see one thing of of not honoring your wife and, and things that can lead into uh, dangerous waters is just indifference. Indifference is the death nail in a in a marriage. If you see a man who's just like just, she asks a question, she's like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, and whatever. I th- and, it, I th- and it's more like I just want you to to be quiet. Like I'm, I'm, I don't care only because not because I I want whatever you, what's best for you or whatever you think is best, but just because I just don't want to have this conversation with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, no, I think even psychologists will tell you indifference is, um, that is like the last thing. You know the stages that you go through in separation. You know because you put up, you emotionally separate before you actually divorce somebody, and indifference is like one of the last stages before you just get divorced, right? Because you just couldn't care less about this person anymore. You're, mm-hmm. you're not even angry at them. You're you're right. you're actually beyond being angry. I've disassociated with so much. You can't even make me angry, right? That's how I little. Just don't even care. That's how little I care about you. Back yeah. when I cared about you, yeah, I like. Had I was invested in you, and so when things didn't go well, it, mm-hmm. I was upset. Now I just, you know, I just don't even. And, and so, in many ways, indifference is the opposite of love, not hatred. Mm. Um, hatred is like, you know, okay, it can be the opposite, but most of the time, the opposite of love is not hate. Uh, the opposite of love is like lust. The opposite of love is indifference. Um, yeah, being apathetic. Right. Yeah, so indifference is absolutely the worst thing that can happen in your marriage. And I think the thing about indifference is that sometimes we men do ourselves the favors by not being clear about what things we just don't want to have control over. So there is things in our house that we could say, I trust you to do these things. I don't care about the details. Yeah. Right? But if we are sloppy or if we don't are not careful, it comes off as like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like, I just don't care. And then the wife gets this head. She, she thinks that, yeah, like, because <coughs> oh, maybe it's very important to her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he doesn't care about these things that are so important to me. When I was getting married, when engaged, when I was engaged, you know, Pamela and I are doing all these, you know, invitations and all this stuff. And I, I made sure to set the tone. And I told her, like, Pamela, I see that you're working very hard on all these things. I'm really glad about that. And you're having to make all these choices. And I just want you to know that I don't care about any of them. <laughs> that being said, if you want me to decide, I will be the decider. If you need a decision made, I got you, babe. And I will decide. And even after I have I've decided, if you realize at that moment, oh, you hoped I would pick the other one, you go for it and you just go ahead and you, you do that other one. <laughs> because I don't even I 
even though I've now seen the difference between an embossed lettering and like a raised lettering, I still don't know what the difference is, and I can't tell the difference, and I don't care which one we invite use to invite people to our wedding, if it's embossed or not, or if it's a cream or like a tan. Or off-white. Or off-white, exactly. This is eggshell, or, you know, it's like... Satin. I, Pamela, I love you, and I don't care about the, about the invitations or these other things, but if you need someone to make a decision, I will swoop in and I will decide. There will be no rhyme or reason to my decision <laughs> other than you want me to do it, and so I will do it. You know, it's, <laughs> and she appreciated that. That, went, that conversation went over well. It probably was a little different than what I, what I just said, but, uh, <laughs> but she did appreciate that, that, Hey, I want you to know, I'm just telling you, up, like, I don't care about right. uh, you're working really hard on this. I, I, I get it. It needs to be done. So I'm here with you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I will help you in the ways that I'm capable of helping you. I think that I'm not capable of caring though. So I think though, one of the things that you did really well though, was just acknowledging uh, some of her work. Yeah. Right, so I think that as you get, she, again, I wanted her to feel appreciated, right? But also, like, be honest about so if you're, how I, my role in this process. Sure. So, but like, feeling appreciated, you know, is is a fruit of of, of feeling loved. Yeah, it's not right. indifferent. It's not indifferent. I'm indifferent towards the outcome of right. this invitation, but I'm not indifferent towards her. Right. So she goes to great lengths of making your house a home. You better be thankful for that. Mm-hmm. She goes to great lengths of making your boys gentlemen. Yeah. You better be thankful for that. You know, she she brings uh, order to the chaos of homeschooling. You better be thankful and you better be, let her know that you are thankful for that. And you know what? I, th- I just feel like as men, we're very fortunate because women um, are just in general, I think, a lot more virtuous in, in relate like their relationship virtues mm-hmm. are just come more naturally right so if you if you honor your wife she's just she's gonna honor you back you know what I mean and I've seen it a lot of times where women will sit there and just pour their hearts out and, and dote and honor their husbands who and those husbands in return just don't do anything mm-hmm. you know um and it doesn't seem to go the same way. So, but for us as husbands, uh, we're very fortunate that in general, if you honor and treat your wife the right way, um, then she's going to turn around and she's going to do the same thing for you. Totally. What was your uh, What was your question again that you wanted to talk? Okay, about? Okay, so we're talking about honoring your wife. Mm-hmm. What if your wife is not worthy of honor? What if you have a dishonorable wife? I mean, because you can't, it would be disordered to honor something that is undeserving of honor. Now, of course, a person, now she still is in the the office of spouse, if you know, if you want to call it. So there still is like a, a level of honor, but, um, you know, yeah, so ultimately, I, really though, a lot of the honor, um, comes from like uh you know your behavior you know it's like honor culture wasn't it wasn't just because like oh you're a dude therefore you have honor no you had to you had to behave honorably mm-hmm. to to receive honor and if you didn't behave honorably then no one was going to you know no one was going to honor you um so if you have a a wife who is not honorable how do you honor her well i think you have to go back well yeah so i think there's a couple things i think you should go back and like where did we get off the rails because uh, odds are you can sit there and say like look at all the things that she's done mm-hmm. and uh that where it went off the rails is probably going right back at you yeah um and so there's a reason why she's acting the way she is 
and you've either trained like you your relationship has trained one another to say i do this then she does this and then we get upset and then we go into different rooms and right yeah revenge uh behavior right um so that could be that could be something yeah um but i know my gut my gut react i mean my gut feeling to this is that you took a vow to her to always honor her and so even though she may not uh like as a person like um, like it's different than respect, right? Like you, you earn respect. Uh huh. Like you know, like I don't, I don't have to respect you. Uh, respect is earned, not given. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took a vow to freely give honor to you. And so, regardless of what you do, I still love you, and I still have to honor you. That's a, that's what I think too. So. That's what I think the answer is. That yeah, th- um, there are going to be some honors that uh, a dishonorable spouse won't receive. They won't receive my accolades. You know, like if hypothetically, if a person is married, uh, you know, they're not going to receive accolades from their spouse. They're not going to receive, you know, more than the bare minimum. But at the end of the day, you took a, a vow to honor her. You no, know, see, I, I disagree. I don't think that they. I did. I think they well, deserve minimum, way more. Bare minimum is not the right. Yeah, that's okay. a bad term. Okay. I mean, the what is what's required of you? You know, as as a spouse, you have to honor her. You have to because you 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 took a vow, right? So, but does that mean that you're going to like go out of your way to sing her praises in public? Um, when when the public knows, hey. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. Because yeah, so, actually, that's a you're actually just doing her a dishonor, uh, right? Because you're bring yeah. So I mean, the prudence obviously comes like into play here, yeah. right? Um, but uh, you freely gave these gifts, mm-hmm. uh, and it's unconditional, right? This is the, right. this is something that I've really been thinking about uh, in my prayer life. Uh, is how I I truly desire to love unconditionally. Like I, I desire that. But I'm terrible at it, and I don't even ask for it. I'm I so don't... good at loving unconditionally when I feel like it. Right. Lead me when I want to right. be led. Whenever the conditions uh, are right, right, I can love unconditionally. But, but how often in, in your prayer do you pray for the grace of unconditional love to your wife? How often do you pray for, you know, for those, for that, for your kids, mm-hmm. like I like this is just a reflection of of my fault. You, you're such a bad father. But uh, like this is something that I've really been like. There are things that I I I I deeply desire to live, you know, a holy and you know saintly life. Like I I I I desire them. Mm-hmm. But it's so sad and pathetic. That the things that I deeply desire, I don't actually bring to our Lord and ask Him for them. The things, yeah, the things I I want to do, I do not do. Right. Yeah. It's like I, I but I don't even ask for them, because you don't think He wants to give them to me. Like my heart is like you know desiring Him, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I have the knowledge that I want to desire Him, but then I don't have the either fortitude or the wherewithal or I don't know what it is to say, Lord, give that to me. So that I can I can uh, be a man after your heart. Um, well, you should you should ask. Well, I, I have I've start, I've started doing so. Okay, good. That's good. Um, good first step. But but I just think that there's a lot of things that we see uh, as a, as a husband. Like we see our own weak points, right? You can see if you are a man of reflection, if you're a man of contemplation, you can sit there and th- and see if you do examination of conscience. Like you can see where you fall. Yeah. Uh, and you know, okay this is the vice that I'm struggling with. Am I praying actively for the grace of the, and the virtue to overcome to it? Overcome yeah. it? Because the Lord wants be. it. Yeah. So. so about honoring your wife, a dishonorable wife, I think ultimately the answer is the way you honor a dishonorable wife is, can, is just by being the best husband you can be regardless. Right. Because no, there's no, no matter what. Right, because... I didn't take a vow for that she would be good. I just took a vow that I would be good. Right. And it doesn't matter and what good, she does. In good and bad times, in sickness and health. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter how dishonorable she might be. 
I'm not going to get judged by the things that she does. Mm-hmm. I will be judged by the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I, I'm her husband, so I have to be the best husband I can be, no matter what. I think that's really the way you honor her the most. Well, I wanted to add to add to to reinforce on Adam's resp- response on kind of like if she's not honorable, something is wrong with you. Uh, Doctor Carterback has this a uh, class on uh, fatherhood and being uh, on on being a man, and in the marriage he has this point about. I think he uses the word like primordial responsibility, or ultimate responsibility. Where in your household, everything that happens is ultimately your responsibility. Just there's no no but, not if, not then. It's ultimately your responsibility. And uh, the pitfall that sometimes men can fall to uh, bringing back that work, right? That like workaholism is we think that our responsibility has been met by providing. Like, I've made the paycheck. I paid I've, the mortgage. I paid the mortgage. I've, I've done my part. Yeah. I've done my job. And that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's arduous to have a nine-to-five job. It's, there's a lot of sacrifice to it, but it's also good to re- recognize all the things that are after that. You know? So that you, we cannot emphasize enough how how much everything in your household is ultimately up to you. You said the tone, you said the responsibilities, you said right, yeah. the priorities. So. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, men of the household, that's a, that's a class. By, but back to the quarterback. I like him. Which is, is free if you go sign up. So Nice. It's excellent class. Nice. So honor your wife. Who is the heart of the home? Mm-hmm. 